Hello, hello, hello. This is Aaliyah Grace Dean, and you are listening to Psy Grace. Thank you for tuning in to follow my journey. I hope that as you follow me, you're able to gain some insight, and in return, it causes a kickstart of shaping your own reality. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we're going to get the podcast rolling right now. Anxiety. Everyone has an experience or a story that they can tell about the time that they felt really anxious. And there was a time everyone has felt it at one point or another. You know, the sweaty palms, the lump in your throat, or the increased need to run to the bathroom. That was me when I did driving lessons back in high school. Yeah, that, I was that kid. All those things, though, are completely normal to feel at some point or during certain situations in your life. It is a way for your body to protect itself and your body's just responding in a way to keep it safe. Now, if you're clinically diagnosed with anxiety, you can join me in the feeling that anxiety is different for everyone, but we can all conclude that it sucks. (laughs) Join me as I talk about the three main points of this podcast, which is what my anxiety looks like now, how anxiety has impacted my life, and how I've learned to not identify with my anxiety, embrace the journey. I'll take you on a little bit of a excursion of how I knew I had anxiety, and as well as just kind of like a history of a little bit of anxiety snippets that I felt in my life and how I should have known earlier on that I had anxiety. So I'm pretty sure I've had anxiety for a really, really long time. Do you know how I knew I had anxiety for a while? I always had an obsession with my health and I always got this thing called this globia sensation, which is basically this feeling like you have a lump in your throat and it isn't painful, but it's always really super annoying. And I just always spent my whole day focusing on it. And that kind of correlates back now to who I am as an adult. After being diagnosed with anxiety after my brother's passing, I really fixate on my health and I find that in a lot of really stressful situations, I always go back to my health and the anxiety that it provokes in me. So I overanalyze anything that's going on. If I have the slightest headache, Google, here I come. If I have an upset stomach, I go for the worst case scenario. And a part of that is honestly really due to the anomaly of my brother's passing. Because if many of you don't know, my brother passed due to COVID complications. So he wasn't supposed to be in that group of those who had passed because my brother was so healthy bodybuilder and so that really really messed with my head so right now for me health anxiety is like it is overwhelming but again like I stated before I've noticed that I've had this for a really long time but it's really flew underneath the rug So like I was saying before, how 
growing up, my anxiety has really flew underneath the rug. And we talked about that globious sensation that I always got. There were other warning signs that could have been caught on really early that, again, was not picked up on. One of the things was that I was constantly feeling sick. And this was like the sore throat. Like I always complain about a sore throat. I always went to the nurse's office and I always went to my substitute teachers or my teachers for that comfort. And a part of me, when I look back on it, (laughs) it's kind of sad, but it's good that I'm realizing this now is that I was really just seeking comfort. I wasn't getting the comfort that I really wanted as a child. So therefore I was seeking that comfort from nurses. And when I tell you I was in the nurse's office all the time, I was in the nurse's office all the time and I never had a sore throat and nothing was ever wrong with me. But in my head, something was wrong with me and I wanted that comfort. So the two and two drove that behavior in me as a child. And that behavior occurred all the way up till high school. And I think I remember even realizing that that was something that I had in high school because again, I was constantly in the nurse's office but it was for that comfort that I was missing. And then there was also that layer of health anxiety. Another thing that I remember from high school is that I thought I had performance-induced anxiety. Um, So I always had like an asthma attack right before I went on the blocks for a track or I would just get really nervous and like I would start hyperventilating. Um, And... It really wasn't my asthma by any means because I went to my pulmonologist. I went to doctors and nothing has fundamentally changed. Nothing fundamentally changed in my asthma. And that was also a sign that was not caught by any means. As well in high school, I took two honors classes, I believe, and they were really hard. And then I had like chemistry and another class. It was just difficult. And it was all in one semester. And I remember that I was in the hospital multiple times. I was going to a neurologist, a pulmonologist. I was going to a cardiologist. I was going to all of them because I thought something was wrong with me every single second of the day. My chest hurt. My head was hurting. I couldn't breathe. Again, key signs that, hey, Leah, anxiety, but I was a kid and I did not know any better, but I know now. And that's what's really important because I now am discovering the patterns that I've gone through my entire life. And maybe if you look back on it and if you have anxiety or you think you have anxiety, There might be some key moments in your life where you're like, oh, here's a pattern like this has happened before because that's what I'm going through. And it's really that aha moment for me. So what does my anxiety look like right now? Well, anxiety for me is a little bit difficult because, again, it's really driven from health. So right now for me, especially during the pandemic, it's really hard for me to socialize with the people that I want to socialize with. And I don't mean via phone or via FaceTime. I literally mean in person. Again, due to the nature of my brother's passing, it's really hard for me to get past like the anomaly behind it and 
how that wasn't really technically supposed to happen to him. And so for me, it's like, that can happen to me, that can happen, that can happen to him, that can happen to me. And so I'm in that constant cycle. And then so it's learning now how to break that cycle of having that health anxiety, the anomaly, and it's just a lot. But I'm currently working with my therapist on that, as well as it causes some difficulty in family situations because it's hard to understand someone with anxiety. It's really hard and especially health anxiety. So if things don't really go right, so let's say I get like blood tests done and they don't come back normal, I kind of go into a space of freaking out and it kind of leaves everyone not knowing how to help me. And with that feeling and how everyone else feels like, oh, what do I do to make Leah feel better? It kind of promotes me feeling a little bit lonely. And it's this ongoing feeling of like, wow, no one really understands me. I did really find a good sense of community through social media. And I know social media is really pinned for being like the bad guy. Social media sucks. But I have to agree. Social media could be used for some really meaningful stuff. And I felt really comforted and felt like there was a sense of community when I went on Instagram and looked up social anxiety or health anxiety, as well as TikTok. And it just felt really good, even Pinterest. So I know it really feels lonely right now, but there are people who are understanding, who understand what you're going through and would talk to you if you just outreach to them through social media. And I met so many kind, beautiful people that way. So how has anxiety impacted my life? Sometimes I love to take the time to look at something that typically would only be seen as a negative experience. And I like to spin it into something more positive, more of a learning experience for myself. The impacts have been significant. I cannot lie. I mentioned it before. It really has impacted a lot of my relationships, especially with relationships with loved ones, um, friendships as well. I'm lucky enough to have really supportive people in my life who understand that this is just something that I'm going through and it won't last forever. So I'm really grateful for those in my life. And I just want to, if you're listening right now, thank you so much for being there and understanding that this is just something I have to go through and it's a journey that I have to go through. Now that I extended my gratitude towards those who support me, I also want those who are listening, if you do have anxiety, to feel like you are supported as well. I hear you and I understand that anxiety is not something that's really easy. And I know anxiety is really overused a lot, but when you truly have or are diagnosed with anxiety, man, it's really, it really feels hard to explain to people what it's like, what it feels like. So I hear you and I understand you and I just want you to know that and I get it. I truly, truly get it. I want to state this here though. Being diagnosed with anxiety honestly has been an awakening experience for me. I realize that my environment has always been the root issue. Being able to now understand and put the pieces together from my childhood and how it has affected me as a young black woman 
and a young woman in general has really been important. Anxiety has given me a leg up in life, to be honest. I know why things are a certain way now and the things that need to be changed. I'm truly sick and tired of the things that have followed me since my childhood and I'm completely ready to shed that weight. In all honesty, my anxiety actually sparked this podcast for me just because I don't always feel like I can say my whole truth. So here I am speaking my truth to you. Now that I've stated a thousand times that I have anxiety and I've told the world that I have anxiety, (laughs) I do want to clarify, I really don't identify with my anxiety and I know that I am more than this diagnosis. Being diagnosed with something is not easy by any means. That diagnosis kind of follows you around. And when you are diagnosed with some t- with something, sometimes we take on that diagnosis. Not saying that what we are experiencing is not real, but sometimes we really identify with that diagnosis and we trick our minds into thinking that that's all that we are. I am more than my anxiety. I'm a good daughter. I'm a good friend. I'm a good family member. I'm a good girlfriend. I am good at so many different things and I am creative. I'm imaginative. I'm strong. I am Aaliyah Grace Dean. And I'm not my anxiety. And I think that's the hardest part for me because we're in, I'm working in the field that I work in. It's kind of hard having people come in and they have diagnoses and they have certain diagnoses. I generally do not want to know what they're diagnosed with. I want to hear the person. I want to talk to the person. I want them to tell me their story and their experience because hearing someone's diagnosis kind of can sway your opinion about them and give you an unfair bias of what that person should be looking like or acting like instead of really getting to know the person. And that's what I want people to do to me. I want people to talk to me and really learn about who I am and then ask about my anxiety. Because like I said before, I'm way more than my anxiety. Now, if you know someone who has anxiety and you kind of feel like you don't know what to do, you don't know how to help, here's the first thing and the first tip I'm going to tell you. Just ask. That's all you have to do. That's the first step. You can sit down with that person or call them or FaceTime them and allow them to have that safe space with you. Let them talk about the things that are concerning them and don't jump in. Don't try to be like, well, you shouldn't feel this way or it'll be fine. Get over it. That doesn't help. Give that person the space to talk about what they want to talk about. And when that person is done, you can say something like, wow, that's really hard. I couldn't imagine. Thank you so much for telling me the things that you're going through. And I really want to learn more. That's the first thing that you can say to someone. And then the second thing that you can say to someone is, I would really love to know what anxiety is like for you. I know that anxiety is different for everyone. 
and I care about you and I want to know how I can help or the things that I can do or what I can do to help you. So please, can we have a conversation and can we talk about what anxiety looks for, like for you and what I can do for you when you're feeling anxious? It's really easy. It's easier than most people think. I think the hardest part is having that conversation with them and again, that person just completely shutting their mouths and providing a supportive, safe place for that person who has anxiety. That's the first thing you have to do. And from there, that person will feel really comfortable coming to you. Well, now that I've talked your ear off about anxiety and my anxiety, I just want to leave here saying this. I think that it's important for those around you to understand what anxiety looks like for you. And if you don't understand or you're someone who loves someone who has anxiety, please reach out and just ask them what it feels like. Also, I think it's really important that if you do have anxiety, telling yourself constantly and reminding yourself every single day, every single moment that you are more than your anxiety. You are in control of your reality and also telling yourself all is well in my world or in my universe. A tip with this is that anything you're doing to cope or any coping mechanisms that you are using to help with your anxiety, it's really important to practice it on your good days, not just on your bad days, because it's really hard to start doing something on our bad days or the days that aren't so good. So creating this routine of practicing our coping skills when nothing is wrong really helps when there is something wrong or our anxiety is really high it helps and it gets a lot easier so continue practicing those coping skills that you have and using those affirmations that I gave you in this podcast and doing it every single day on that note babes I hope that you enjoyed this podcast today I hope that you are on the journey to create that glorious life that you've dreamt of for so long. You are more than capable of doing so. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on side grace, which is side underscore grace, or you can also go to Squarespace and follow me on my website. I post blogs and I also post mental health articles and ones that I've written myself for you guys to just get a glance at and kind of expand your mental health awareness and education. Thank you for listening to Side Grace again. This is Leah Grace Dean and I can't wait for the next podcast.